Welcome to The Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic, News Radio. We will be drafting News Radio episodes into units with a common theme. In part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who prefer the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil. Hi, I'm Tom, and I'm here with two goofballs from ad sales. Thaddeus. Hey, how's it going? And Lauren. Hi. We're three dorks who prefer the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil. (laughs) This episode, Inappropriate, is part of our Dave and Lisa unit of episodes. And right now we're going to go to the Agent Zero pew pew plot synopsis with Lauren. Thank you. So this is Inappropriate, Season 1, Episode 2. It originally aired on April 4th, 1995, which was a Tuesday. After initially butting heads, Dave and Lisa begin a secret office romance, which is quickly discovered by Beth. Matthew mispronounces the name Butafuco on air, leading him to believe he might be fired. Bill tries to celebrate Catherine's birthday against her will. (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much now we've got a few categories and games which i as host will award absa points for the answers and the arguments of both of our contestants at the end of part a i will award one one lucky contestant our episodes absa award for excellence in this podcast so let's get started with round one absa fever absa fever (laughs) all right which scene would you show to a new person to get them interested in news radio uh lauren first okay i'm gonna go with Catherine's two-minute birthday party i think this scene is a perfect example of the pacing that made news radio different from a lot of other sitcoms and there are actually three different storylines playing out in one scene which i don't think many other shows could have pulled off And the whole thing is just so rich with the character dynamics that were still being built because this is only the second episode. But you can see so much of the character traits that stayed true through the end of the series. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Thad, you have one? All right, so my number one pick is actually going to be the opening scene. And and I don't know how we want to look at this because it's very long. You know, it's, it's really, you can almost divide it into two scenes if you have to. Um, but you know, depending, no, no matter what, I'm gonna take that first part. Uh, you just Matthew, the, you get Phil Hartman in the booth reacting to obviously what we haven't heard Matthew coming yeah. out. Hey, what's up guys. And just the looks that Beth and Dave, uh, <laughs> goes into cutting them off. Oh no, Joey, but no, it isn't Matthew. Um, <laughs> you know, and then again, if we're going to roll out the whole scene, you know, really, I like that, that concentrated part, just that way of just kind of starting it off and everybody realizing, you know, what he actually did, what he actually said. Uh, but, you know, then you get Lisa coming in, you have that part, you have Matthew freaking out, and then obviously Jimmy James comes in. And I love the way they cut off 
uh, the line of Matthew realizing <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't do a story on Forrest Tucker. All right. Oh, he thinks they're going to say, and then they cut it right off into the theme song, which is, you know, that's, you know, I think that's a great scene to show somebody new that really would, uh, would really show kind of the dynamics that are going on with all the characters. Highly agree. Um, Lauren, what's your next one? Okay, so my next one is the scene in Dave's office where he's revealing to Beth that he and Lisa made out the night before, mostly because of Beth's performance. I thought it was perfection. I liked her line read choices. They were amazing. And her physical acting, um, it just adds so much to the scene, the way she like shuts the door with her foot. He doesn't yeah. even realize she's in there. Um, the way she flops on the couch and the way she stares him down uh, when he asks her what his tell is. She just oh, like, yeah. no response, just stares down. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. I love that scene. <laughs> That's great. Dad, what's your next one? So my second choice, I actually, I think I kind of pulled a, a switch here at the last minute. Um, it's actually Bill and Catherine when he when he, she comes out of the booth to complain that he's staring at her, you know. So it's it's kind of part of the larger scene, you know, the, of Lisa and all that. But I really like that just that kind of segment right there of you see Bill gesturing her to come back into the booth, and they, you get to Joe's joke of right. you can switch chairs. That's, <laughs> that's one of my favorite like, jokes. You're looking at each other. He's like, well, you can switch chairs. And the look that Catherine gives him, I literally cracked up. Every time I rewatch the episode for this, I literally laughed out loud. And, and just the way she turns and looks at him, you know, all the way to, to Bill uh, miming with his fingers, her walking away. And then he comes out, you know, and, and uh, he's like about to follow her out to the lobby. You know, uh, Dave follows her and then Lisa comes in. He switches into that, uh, the Lisa part of it. Um, but I, there's just something about that joke with Joe. It just combined with, uh, the the Catherine and Bill dynamic in that scene that I think comes off, you know, no, no matter who you are, you already recognize that this is going to be a good one. That That's a really good scene too. Um, I am going to award this one as a win for Thad. Uh, the opening scene was my top one too. So yes. just edging out. So four points for Thad. I was Three surprised. I really thought Lauren would go with that. I was like, oh, the first person is <laughs> going to go with the opening scene. It, it was in my list for sure. <laughs> Um, okay, so next up, Thad, you're going to give us uh, your most usable two quotes, I believe, or are we doing... We're going to go one and one, back and forth. Well, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, if uh, it was Lauren's to go first, I know she'd steal both, like, back to back. <laughs> um, but my most usable quote, the one I could use in real life, is definitely, but a Foucault to you too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think it's close enough to a swear that people will understand that there's some sort of, you know, there's some sort of edge to it. Uh, but it obviously doesn't clearly cr cross the line in the confusion factor. Um, you know, it, it's a great way. It's like a showstopper, you know, because no one knows what's going on, but everybody kind of likes it and kind of gets it at the same time. So uh, I can definitely go into a situation and end it, walk out, just going, yep, but a Foucault to you too, buddy, uh, and just go from there. Okay, Lauren, what's yours? Okay, mine is, oh my God, that is so wrong. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> from that nice. um i really do use that in real life and i especially like to use it in situations where something isn't actually scandalous at all like someone's like oh i took the last slice of bread oh my god that is so wrong Dad, <laughs> <laughs> right. what's your second one um my second one is actually going to be calling people boss sarcastically. Uh, and I've definitely done this when you was like, when I'm irritated with somebody, be like, all right, 
all right, boss. <laughs> you know, like uh, it's it's subtle, it's passive aggressive. Uh, it's something that you could definitely use in real life. And it's real hard for somebody to get mad at you for calling them boss. Right. You know, so uh, as long as, you know, as long as your tone isn't out of control, <laughs> it's a tough one to really kind of come back to. So uh, that's going to be my second one. Sure. Okay. I got to say, I have a staff member at work who calls me boss and I am 100% convinced that it's, he does it sarcastically <laughs> because it amuses him. <laughs> Okay, Lauren, uh, what's your next one? Okay, my second one is, I'll count again, but I think I'll get the same result. And that <laughs> I would use in any situation where someone is questioning a very small quantity of anything. <laughs> the I would smaller think this, the number, the better. I think this rolls into your job, right? Like this is one of those things like <laughs> this absolutely fits your career field. Yeah, very <laughs> usable in my day-to-day -day life. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, I have that one going uh, four to three in favor of Lauren. So we have a tie. Oh, Surprise. boy. <laughs> we haven't had this on every practice run ever. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, next up, uh, Lauren, what was your favorite uh, gag or bit that had the biggest impact um, on the episode? So for me, it's all the stuff with Dave's door. So we've got Lisa standing right on the other side of the door when Beth swings it open, Matthew pushing it in while Dave and Lisa are kissing on the other yeah. side, Bill leaning in, leaning out with the Hey You Two exchange and the no decision yet, Matthew. It was like that that door became like another character in the episode for this particular episode. <laughs> Damn, that's a good answer. I wasn't um, sure at the beginning, but then I was like, oh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Sold me. <laughs> Hire the door for three more episodes. <laughs> Give that door a contract. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were fabulous, darling. Way to open and close. Uh, <laughs> um, so my, uh, my, the gag I thought had the biggest impact of the episode was actually just Matthew walking up to people and saying, but a Fuko. Uh, it was almost like it was like a cheap joke, not a cheap joke, but but they they used it, you know, just kind of interspersed it throughout the episode of him walking into the office with the tape recorder, you know, <laughs> but a Fuko. Uh, walking up to Jimmy James, Mr. James, present, but a Fuko. <laughs> and then I get to my line, but a Fuko to YouTube. Yeah, I mean. Um so yeah, I, I just thought that that was a really good gag because it was a, like an instant laugh for me. Every time every time he did it, I laughed. So I thought that was a, a great gag that they had going on. That is great. Um, I too like that one a lot. Uh, both of these were really good. So I'm going to give you guys both three points. So we're still tied. <laughs> it's that coward's way out. <laughs> we're tied like laces. <laughs> All right, Dad. What is the coolest detail from the episode? Um. All right, I, I have a, a couple really good ones here, so I can't wait to talk about them later. Uh, for me, the absolute coolest was Bill not breaking his speaking voice as he was doing the fingers and like gesturing to everybody outside the booth. You know, it was like he doesn't skip a beat. Like I don't know if they they must have like an audio track pre-recorded maybe, or is he that talented, you know, just as an actor where he was actually speaking live and doing all the motions and kind of doing that. Uh, so to me, that was, that was definitely the coolest, uh, you know, detail in the episode, the, the little thing that I thought was really powerful. That's good. Or adequate as we like to say around here. Very adequate. That's right. <laughs> the hallmark of excellence, adequacity. <laughs> Not a word. <laughs> Don't care, my friend. Don't care, my friend. <laughs> 
<laughs> Lauren. Okay. So for me, all right. So Beth has this tiny motion she does, which has finally been made into my new favorite gift. Thank you, Tyler. When Dave is recounting the night that he and Lisa did it twice and she's going right, 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 wrong. You know, um, Dave gets to the part where he asks her wrong and she does this bit where she puts one finger on her nose and points the other one at him like they're playing charades or something. And I just love it so much. So I had to, I, I wanted to find out um, if the specific gesture was in the script. So I checked it out in the script archive at wnyxnewsradio.com. Thank you, Jason. Mm -hmm. And that scene as written in the shooting draft is quite different. So I don't know how they landed on that adequate touch, but I'm glad they did. (laughs) Nice. Could have been Vicky improv or James Burroughs suggestion or who knows. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, I definitely like that, but the um, Bill that stopped stopping talking that that is a really good catch uh i'm gonna go four to three for that on that one okay best episode enigma our best unanswerable question um lauren what's your uh best enigma okay i want to know what time does dave get to the office so the morning after the makeout session, there are no hard cuts whatsoever. We see the moment Dave arrives at five minutes, 17 seconds into the episode, all the way to the moment of Catherine's birthday party at 11 minutes, 42 seconds. The party is supposed to be from 1246 PM to 1248 PM. That would imply Dave didn't arrive at the office for the day until 1240 PM. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of numbers. Um, but in that episode, is this the one where uh, he says it's six o'clock or something like that? Like, come on, when he, when Bill and Catherine are arguing, doesn't he say something like it's at six o'clock? I could oh, have I that. Think so up. yeah, but I think he yeah. does because I, I was like, what time does he work till? If it's six o'clock yeah, at right. night and you're leaving, like, I, I don't get it either. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> the timing in this episode, I I kind of agree with Lauren that the timing in this episode is very screwy. Yeah, we, yeah. We, I mean, we know from the the previous episode of the pilot that he's supposed to be there at nine o'clock sharp this time because he gets <laughs> yeah. there late. Yeah. So I, I would not sure what happened. Maybe he had a dentist appointment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Dad, what's what's your uh enigma? All right. I, ha- I have a I have a bunch. I can't wait to talk to you guys about this later. Right, uh, but here's my number one. <laughs> here's what I like to call the winner. Beth and delivery guy, how far do they go? Consider that both of their shirts are untucked when they come around the corner. Use baseball terminology, please. <laughs> That's the question. Because I'm like, they just dipped around the corner, but their shirts are untucked. What happened back there? <laughs> like, is how how bad a girl is Beth? <laughs> Maybe that's the real unanswerable question. <laughs> well, they weren't gone long. <laughs> No. <laughs> also taking that into consideration. I'm sure Lauren timed it out. <laughs> it's exactly three minutes and 24 seconds. No, I don't know. <laughs> what is that in band camp time? <laughs> Plenty of time. <laughs> so, yeah. So I know, I know maybe it's a little perverse for me to, uh, to wonder about but when I see that both of their shirts are untucked. I'm like, 
what happened back then? <laughs> right. so, it's either well, a really wild makeout session or some stuff that maybe I don't even know about. That's some New York stuff. Someone's <laughs> getting flown in from Memphis. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, okay, I, I like both of those. I will give you both three points on that. That was good. Um, okay, and I guess we've got uh, Thad. What's your keepsake? The bill, I stole your cane keepsake. I, uh, it's going to be the delivery guy's jacket. <laughs> the delivery guy's jacket. <laughs> the delivery guy's jacket. Okay. Or as I like to call it, you my mean. lucky jacket. <laughs> <to this episode>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Um, Lauren? So I also went with a jacket. I want Beth's $5 coat. And I never saw why Dave was so offended by it. I thought it was very appropriate for the 90s. And as someone who still thinks the 90s was 10 years ago, I would definitely be willing to wear that $5 coat. <laughs> That's the cheetah print, right? Yeah. yeah. That was, What's wrong with it? Listen, that was actually on my list. Obviously not to wear, <laughs> right. but that was actually on my list. Should uh, should have you've taken my number two choice. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've got that. Uh, I didn't really find the uh, delivery guy's coat to be all that distinct, so I've got that scored four to three in favor of Lauren. Oh, we got two each, no? Uh, we change that to one. What's? Oh, did we get two each? I'm sorry, my mistake. Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> but then, no, you got some catching up to do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, thanks. You're on notice. <laughs> um. So actually, my my second piece was going to be Dave's tie the infamous tie and you see it's kind of a wide tie it's got like a little crazy pattern on it but that's something that i could definitely wear from time to time and i would definitely adjust it every time i told a, a little white lie just to just in honor of the episode so uh, the tie would be my second choice i don't know if i'd wear it with the jacket maybe i would maybe i wouldn't maybe it's an ensemble <laughs> lauren what's your second okay keepsake um so this was just something I thought was very unique to this episode. There's um, like a poster print of the WNYX logo that's on the pillar at the very beginning. It's literally the first frame of the episode and it's like a close up of the logo and then it pans to the booth where Matthew's giving his report. I had never noticed it there before. I don't know if it remains there, something maybe we can track as we go along, but um, well, we know the pillar is not always there. <laughs> so, so probably the poster goes, but um, I would I would definitely like frame that and hang it up in my house for sure. It's a mobile decorative pillar. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you should ask for the pillar, not the print one. <laughs> I'll take the pillar from this episode. Put that in the middle of my living room. <laughs> yeah. Just for fun. Okay. I like that too. I am I'm sticking with my original assessment. Four three in favor of Lauren. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Lauren, who is your MVP? And Thad, who is your MVP? And we'll see if you have to go to a runner-up. Okay, mine is Beth. I actually changed mine to Beth after my last rewatch. Okay. <laughs> so Bill is my runner-up. Okay. okay, I have Matthew as my runner-up. So we'll go to runner-ups. Um... Lauren, I think you're... Yeah, Lauren. You're oh, am I up? Okay. Up. Yeah. Okay, so I picked Matthew. While the A storyline really amped up the tension, the B story of Matthew botching the Buttafuoco story is just pure comedy. There's <laughs> nothing about it that's not comedy. 
And I like the way Matthew has this dawning realization of what he did wrong. And then all the bits of him practicing the correct pronunciation <laughs> around the office, every opportunity he gets, the way he's, he's convinced he's getting fired, even after Dave told him he's not like every part of that storyline I thought was so good and so well played by him. And like, you really feel like his heart is broken. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with Bill because the entire episode, he really walks the line between teasing and harassment. And it's, and like, that's a really difficult thing to do for the character, right? Cause it's like, if he, if he goes too hard or goes too much, we, we think he's just being a bully, you know, but if he does it right, we're, we kind of churned by, it, even though when you realize what he's actually doing, it's harassment. He's just harassing. Right. That's all it really <laughs> is. All right. You know, but we kind of go along with it. And then again, um, what I like is that it turns into like a relatable situation at the end where he reveals that they had had, you know, a, a, a secret office romance, you know, ties into the kind of the overall situation, the whole overall situation in the episode. Um, but I, you know, it's just the little things that he says, the whatever, stop patronizing me in the back and forth. You do not talk to the lady like that. <laughs> um, and actually what sealed it for me as, as the runner up was when, when he says no decision yet, Matthew. <laughs> like, he actually managed to even get a shot in at Matthew, one or two shots at Matthew, you know, but again, it comes off as lighthearted teasing, not yeah. necessarily like malicious, you know, the grin he has on his face. There's a grin, says, yeah. No decision yet. Um, so, yeah, I, th I thought Bill was the runner up because, you know, he again, like Matthew, he kind of intersperses through the episode, but uh, it, it's really hard to be kind of charmed by a guy that's essentially bullying other people. Uh, <laughs> now that I say it, I don't know, that's a really good reason. Let's strike that from the record. <laughs> Clean that up and post. <laughs> now, now, we, now we know what it's like to work with you on a daily basis. <laughs> that's his goal. <laughs> No decision yet, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> you, <here's>, Thomas. <laughs> I do here's the 35 more wonderful years. <laughs> I'm officially not talking to you. <laughs> uh, I scored that uh, four to three in favor of Thad. So now I'm going to tally up the points. To and the much-anticipated uh, Freakzilla report, Lauren's going to tell us about what was on the message boards at the time of the episode. Okay. So the Freakzilla report is a little segment we do where um, I dig through the old alt-TV Usenet forums where news radio dorks used to go post about the episode after they aired. However, this is the second episode of the series. And unfortunately, that means the USNET forum had no activity yet. The first post didn't occur until June 4th, 1995, after all season one episodes had aired. So while I don't have any interesting reactions to the episode immediately after its original airing, I did scour the news group to see if I could find any later reactions to it. So in March of 1996, someone saw it in syndication and came to the news group to ask who this Buttafuoco guy was. <laughs> <laughs> it was the burning question on their mind they had to come ask the news group <laughs> um, in 1998 there was a long thread where people were trying to enumerate all the episodes where we see the characters in various states of undress and the point everyone was trying to make that was that we see nearly everyone remove some clothing except for Dave but someone named Amy said she swore she saw Dave pantsless in this episode and she wanted to know if she was just projecting her wishful thinking. Obviously, oh we my. know 
she had a lot of wishful thinking going on. Oh <laughs> that, that must have been the Canadian version. <laughs> this is before people realized that the internet doesn't go away. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. The closest thing I found to an actual review of the episode was on February 19th, 2001. Inappropriate had just aired on A&E and someone named Collier Rand started a thread about how it was their favorite episode and how great it was. So lots of people then chimed in agreeing that it was amazing, but the, all, all the characters were already so well established, given that it was only the second episode of the series. I got to say, I agree with that. That is definitely true. I mean, so many TV shows, you go back and rewatch them from the beginning and you're like, oh, they didn't know who these right. characters were going to be yet. They hadn't found yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Makes sense. Yeah. Even, that, even some of my favorite ones, yeah. And that is the Freakzilla Report. Well, thank you for the Freakzilla Report. Um, <laughs> Right now, going into the second and final round, we have Thad leading Lauren by a score of 24 to 23. Oh. <laughs> Remember that, folks. It's very important. Dun, so. Dun, dun. <laughs> so round two is a little more social, and we call it the Marty Party. It's going to be our <laughs> version of buy or sell and would you rather. Uh, so here we go. Round two, the Marty Party. Uh, buy or sell. Is this the real deal? or the McNeil perspective. In this game, contestants will get a statement and have to explain why they either buy this statement as the real deal or sell it as the McNeil perspective. So question number one, this is going to be for Thad to start. Beth has hooked up with more than two guy, two delivery guys in the office, not overall and certainly not at the same time. <laughs> Uh, we didn't have to read that part. <laughs> I, I, actually, maybe we did. Um, I am going to buy this. This is the real deal. Uh, uh, number one, we know that there was some hullabaloo with uh, a supervisor from Memphis coming in. So we know that there's at least one kind of very serious, uh, possibly ongoing type of thing. Uh, the way she gets this guy, she knows exactly where to take him. She knows exactly <laughs> how long it's going to take. Uh, I, it's hard for me to believe that this is just her second time uh, hooking up with somebody in the, in the physical office. Uh, I think that the list is slightly longer. All right. Very good. Lauren. Uh, so so Lauren, now I got, I got to give it the McNeil sell. perspective, right? Exactly. Uh, which I think it's hard to do, I'm but no here McNeil. we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got to give it a shot. So we see her brief tryst with the delivery person in this episode, and we hear her discuss the situation with the FedEx guy. Had there been others in her past, she probably would have brought it up with Dave. And we never see her in that situation again for the rest of the series. So I'm going to say she learned her lesson and limited her uh, hooking up with the delivery guys in the supply closet to two. <laughs> okay. I'm imagining so there's a supply closet around that corner. <laughs> Matthew is the marquee of yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got that. Unfortunately, uh, uh, Lauren, I, it's a tough, it's a tough sell. Yeah, so uh, I did my go. best. Yeah, you did, you did. It was, it was good. Uh, there's, there's really no evidence of her doing it, but it, you can infer pretty strongly that it's happened. Um, so that uh, four points, three, two. To three for Lauren, sorry. Um, so number two, uh, Lauren, you get the first go on this. Uh, Catherine 
actually likes that Bill makes a big deal out of her birthday and only pretends to be angry. So I'm going to give this one the McNeil perspective. Okay. Believe women when they tell you they hate something. <laughs> Men love to say women are so confusing and they send mixed signals, but nine out of 10 times, I tell you that is not true. Women send very clear signals, but it's the men not wanting to hear them because, because they don't want to believe it. That's what causes the confusion. And I tell you, there was conviction in her eyes when she said, and I always mean it. <laughs> <laughs> and in her voice, yes. <laughs> I would not want to cross this woman. No. <laughs> I don't want to cross Lauren either. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I am going to McNeil this one. Uh, and, or no. You got a real deal. It. I, yeah. I'm real yeah. dealing it. Yeah, this is the real deal. So really what it comes out to me for is at the end, after all the ridiculousness and Bill, you know, Bill stands up for it. Do not say that to the lady. Again, she rolls her eyes, but then she comes out into lobby and she has the soft voice like Bill, you know, listen to that. And he gets to play uh, like he's pretended. Uh, I'm sorry. He gets to pretend like he's hurt. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny to see that role reversal, her getting frustrated, and then she walks off with him again, you know, and so, uh, so to me, that's the kind of thing that makes me feel like it's more of a back and forth, maybe more than we saw, because she does seem to genuinely want to kind of like, even things out with him before before they leave. And then obviously, Bill being Bill is not going to have that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Well, that it was a valiant effort. I uh, still got to give up to Lauren, four to three. Uh, That's the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> so number three, Dad, you get the first crack at this one. Uh, at some point while working together, Lisa and Dave had sex in the recording booth, and that is not a euphemism. <laughs> I am going to sell it <clears throat> as a McNeil perspective. Um, I just don't. I just don't see how you can work out the schedules. Again, we, we're all confused about the timing of this studio. I don't know if they turn on the lights and just put on the automatic recorder or something like that. Uh, but, but as far as I know, like there's people, there's janitors, it's an office building. I don't know if they're daring enough to step into the booth and give it a shot with the real chance of being caught by somebody just randomly being in the office. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and it's glass. You know, you can see in, there's no, doesn't seem to be blinds. The only time they could have made it work is like when they sealed it for smoking and you could barely see in there, maybe. <laughs> but it is soundproof, right? <laughs> it is soundproof. <laughs> I want to keep hope alive. <laughs> okay. Okay. Lauren, real deal us up. So for me, this is the real deal. As Beth so eloquently put it, I think in a former life, you two were some kind of animals that did it a lot. I think they probably did it on every horizontal surface in the office at some point, and maybe some vertical ones too. Coming in hot. I, I gotta respect it. I gotta respect this coming in hot. Boom. All right. Uh, got that four to three for Lauren. Very good. Uh, so. That moves us on to our final game of the show. Uh, it's a would you rather game based on ideas related to the episode. Uh, we're going to have a short discussion about each choice and then draft our answer. Each contestant and the host will take turns picking a total of three of these choices. Those will then determine which contestant's day sucks the least and that contestant will win the game. So here are the choices. So quote one. 
we have have a secret work as a uh, secret workplace romance as boss with your subordinate or have a secret workplace romance as a subordinate with your boss which way are you guys going on that I mean I I think I gotta go with um as a subordinate with your boss because at, at least I'm probably not getting fired right <laughs> like if you're the boss in that situation it's your job on the line and maybe you're going to jail too <laughs> depending oh, how it all falls out oh. <laughs> Wow. Not incorrect, but wow. <laughs> You're using hammers today. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I would actually, I would go with boss and I hate to say it, but it's only because I've seen bosses do it and they have not really faced a lot of repercussions. Uh, I'm uncomfortable either way, but I feel like there's a higher chance of not having negative consequences if you're the boss in the situation. If that, I, I hope that doesn't make me a creep. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't done it. I haven't done it. I, but I've seen. I would, unfortunately, I have seen bosses like you know basically date their subordinates, and I'm like, sure. I don't know if this is a good idea. I, I look at it just from the standpoint of if I'm the boss, I'm getting paid more, so I'd rather be the, the boss <laughs> in this situation. It's an economic situation. If I'm getting screwed at work, I'd rather get paid for it. Yeah. Um, That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> All right, question number two. Um, would you rather fool around slash have sex with your partner somewhere at your workplace or fool around have sex with your partner at their workplace? Yeah, obviously, working remote doesn't really count in this one, I would say. <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's not back, back in the office days. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'd actually go with the first one at my workplace. Uh, more, I think, because I trust myself more to try to find a, a good situation and, and God forbid, you know, be able to try to talk my way out of it or, or lean on some goodwill, uh, you know, should things go badly. So I would say my workplace is what I would prefer in that situation. Okay. See, I'm thinking their workplace, but I think that's sort of colored by like my own experience, like my actual workplace would be a nightmare. <laughs> um, <laughs> Whereas uh, my significant other's workplace uh, was a little more uh, discreet, I guess. <laughs> Did you say was? <laughs> what? Did she well, win this category already? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so but it j just to put it out there, my husband is retired. So he, his workplace is literally our house. But I feel like I can't count that. So when he was working, his workplace was a truck. <laughs> Which you could park anywhere, <laughs> right? My my workplace. You, Lauren, says, Lauren, we want people to listen to this podcast. I, mean, I don't want to have to put an explicit rating. I don't know where the story is going next. <laughs> I don't know where you intend to take the story, but I, I'm thinking maybe we should get back on track here. Okay, I'm just saying my workplace has um, you know cameras and badge swipes and and all sorts of things to track who's coming in, who's going out, all that kind of stuff. So that's why I'm going with their workplace. <laughs> See, that's what I like it's like you're actually heisting. <laughs> you got to secret badges. You got to avoid cameras. You know, you got to do the thing where you put it on a loop. <laughs> you, know? you like synchronized swatches. You know? <laughs> Be at the northeast stairwell exactly three thirty. Uh, <laughs> There's grappling hooks involved. It's crazy. <laughs> 
I would I would go with their workplace merely because I work in a, like a warehouse that is gross and it would be, you know, there's nowhere to, no, it's, it's too gross. So <laughs> foiled by logistics. <laughs> also, also I, I feel like being a selfish prick, I would, um, you know, if, if we got caught, it'd be much better to put it off on the other person. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I wouldn't have to face that embarrassment all the time. <laughs> Of course, this is all theoretical. We'd never do this kind of thing. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. This is yeah. This is that's what Voldemort said about the Horcruxes. But anyway, um, (laughs) question number on topic. We're not talking about (laughs) horse. Let's let's make sure that we're focused. Uh, Anyway, number three. Would you rather crash a party that you? knew that you were deliberately not invited to or have someone you know you hate throw you and host a party for you whether or not you attended um i'm going with number two in this situation um mostly because i don't have to attend (laughs) if it said and you had to go i would be like "Mm, i'd have to think about it a little more but i'm like sure throw your party i'll be at home in my slippers you know i'll be i'll be fine I'm hundred percent with you. Um, yeah. See, you know, like that's a smart thing. Hopefully that's what I would do. But my first reaction is looking at three. I'd be like, F me. Well, F you. I'll be there. <laughs> and I'm bringing gifts. <laughs> <laughs> like my first reaction is like, Oh yeah, I'll show you buddy. Uh, but actually I would probably end up doing three B. <laughs> just be <being laughs> like, ah, I'm just going to, I'm just not going to go. <laughs> or I'm going to go and just hate from the back row the whole time. <laughs> Of my own. All right. Uh, question number four. Uh, would you rather eat the burritos from Chico's and get food poisoning? We're not we're not saying that Chico's would give you food, food poisoning, but this is theoretical. I want to get sued by that fictional restaurant. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. They taste better than they sound. <laughs> or would you rather, after fooling around, have your hookup find a pair of undergarments from a different person? I'm taking the food poisoning. Really? <laughs> I'll take two days of pain to not have that hanging over my head for the rest of my you know, relationship. Yeah, I mean, is is this like a hospitalization type food poisoning, or are we just? I'm thinking standard. A couple stuff. uncomfortable. I'm thinking standard is kind of like the flu, you know, like okay, it's some okay. vomiting and it's some it's some, some diarrhea, diarrhea. It's some, yeah, okay. some yeah. garden variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not thinking okay. anything serious here. Uh, like, I don't okay. know how those burritos with chicos really are, so I can't really. Get into that. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going with the other one. I food poisoning is miserable. It's happened to me before. I don't ever care to have it happen again. And I feel like everyone's got a past, you know, like <laughs> if I found some undergarments somewhere, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be like, how dare you have ever looked at another girl before I came along, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't think that's as bad, <laughs> but, um, I'm also not holding it over anyone's head for all eternity <laughs> that's, see i think that's the difference it's like, <laughs> like you're you're very reasonable and very you can see the situation very clearly and <laughs> i don't think i know that other women don't necessarily share those traits i've yes. i've got to go with the the you know i've had you know problems with my stomach before i've had diarrhea i've thrown up I can do that. I don't know about having to talk away somebody else's <laughs> undergarments. 
like that are that are present. Like that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that they're from a long time ago. But you know, like oh. the person might assume that okay. they are recent. That's that's what I that's the way okay. I t- take it. I to see that, that could cause some additional problems. I did not take into account. <laughs> Still, when you have communication, a lot of these problems get solved without any real undue stress. <laughs> however, however, there, there is the other thing. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm a player kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I don't think she's going to buy that, Tom. I don't think she's going to find that as charming a defense as you think that she will. <laughs> My experience says no. That's not the conversation going to go. Okay. And our last one to, to get us to nine is get caught fooling around with your secret workplace romance partner. Yes. Should you have one? I mean, getting caught, that's the worst part, right? That's, like there's all the these worst. questions yeah. about you're the boss or you're the subordinate or it's their workplace, or your workplace. If you don't get caught, none of it really matters. But once you get caught, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. The in the moment, the after. Yeah. It's a. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> So that one's just terrible all the way around, I guess. <laughs> okay. So we're going to have our little draft here. All right. So, Thad, here's what you, you're going to do. You're going to fool around and have sex with your partner somewhere you work. Um, yeah. Then you are going to have someone you hate throw and host a party for you, whether you attend or not. And last, get caught fooling around with your secret workplace romance partner. <laughs> Probably at my place of work. That's <laughs> 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 a, a heck of a day. So you, you've not, you romanced two women and not gone to a party. So. <laughs> oh, I think I would have to go in that case. <laughs> Look, if that, that's the way my day went, I think I would have to go to the party. <laughs> I'm not done screwing up today. Let's go. <laughs> Lauren, okay, here's what you, you have. You're going to have a secret workplace romance as a subordinate with your boss. You're going to crash a party that you know you were deliberately not invited to. And after fooling around, have your hookup find a pair of undergarments from a different person. Lauren just sounds like a badass. <laughs> That's like, it just, I don't, I don't give an F. Like, I, I do what I want, when I want. Like, that's a, she probably, she probably made the boss come to her. Like, hey, you, close the door. She's, she's running the real show. Damn. All right. My, my day, uh, have a secret work, workplace romance as the boss, uh, fool around with my sex partner somewhere at their worst workplace. So see if they don't meet. Ah. Um, <laughs> and then come to my party. And then and then I get food poisoning from a burrito. I mean, uh, so everybody gets their just desserts. Uh, <laughs> You're a dirty stomp around, you get food poisoning back. <laughs> Karma. Well, according to my rankings, Lauren, you came out with the worst day. Oh, dang. Despite, despite getting caught, <laughs> which I still think it would be, that would be the worst. It probably would be the worst overall day, but you you had some worse, you had more in the aggregate. <laughs> All right. So with that in mind, Thad, you are today's winner. Woo! Yay! Woo! I didn't think I was going to pull it out right there. 
Yeah, he did. He, the uh, Would you rather save you? Do you have any any words, uh, inspirational words to give us? <laughs> with your victory? Let me tell you something, Tommy. <laughs> As a current <laughs> champion of the APSA, <laughs> we're gonna let this rain go forever. I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I was I was already writing my concession speech after uh, Lauren's kill around right there. <laughs> So it is, it's good to know, but we'll see how this plays out over the course of the season. There you go. Take a long view. It's good. Okay. Well, that wraps it up for part A. We hope you guys will stick around and come back for, well, not stick around, but catch up with uh, part B, uh, our more informal discussion. And thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your Hoodoo needs. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your Hoodoo needs. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoodoo underscore Factory. The Hoodoo Factory is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Please stop by the gift shop on your way out. And remember, the Hoodoo Factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for Absa fever. <laughs>